Hello, and welcome to a star to steer her by. Hmm. This is Cyrus Ramsey, ah. the ghost <laughs> of, of course. <laughs> and today we'll be discussing two episodes of Star Trek. Enterprise! <laughs> I am joined by the ghastly... Chris, the young priest. Neat. Uh, this is Ames and I'm scared! I was hoping that Jake was gonna give me an adjective. The... Woman! <laughs> <laughs> Not the woman! Uh, Caitlin. Caitlin. Shit, I need an old priest if we're going to exercise this guy. Uh, Caitlin, the old priest. There we go. There it is. Ghost shit. <laughs> Ghost shit. <laughs> Boo. Hold on. Oh, I feel so... my molecules reassemble. Oh, no. Oh, oh my oh. God. It's like that oh, scene God. from Star Trek, the motion oh. picture. Wow. <laughs> thank God. Thank God it was all a dream. Oh, God. Oh, God. Right. I forgot oh. that I hated that episode also. I was so caught up in my dislike of the second episode that I forgot how stupid that episode was. Tell us about it, Jake. Well, yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, so that was that was Cyrus who had taken over my body with his molecules, or I don't fucking know. But anyway, uh, yeah, so we are talking about two episodes of Star Trek, The Enterprise, and the first <laughs> one is Vanishing Point, and the second one is Precious, whatever. Every fucking week with this. Something, Cargo. Precocious. Precocious, sure cargo. precocious cargo. Actually, that's that's accurate. That's actually what they should have called the episode where Trip got knocked up. He just pawed me right in the mouth. What a dick. I know. Oh, but um, he's so cute. He's yeah, so anyway, yeah. So anyway, first we're talking about Vanishing Point, so let's get this over with. Um, <laughs> so in Vanishing Point, we are investigating some ruins on a planet and it's trip and hoshi are on the planet and they're looking and taking some photos they got some ruins have they pissed on any sacred trees not yet they're thinking about but it. a storm's a brewing and archer calls and says hey guys there's a storm a brewing so you get it you got to get out of dodge and you can't make it back to the shuttle craft so we're gonna have to do the old beam you up thing and trip's like well captain it's not like anything ever bad would have happened from beaming up during a windstorm. Right. I love so, how he, he names all the times they've used the transporter so far and did not bring up Novakovich. Because clearly he's dead. No, he's fine. Everything's fine. No uh, one dies on this show. Yeah, so... Uh, Captain, so, we, used so, to, we used to do transporting during tornadoes back in Florida or wherever I'm from. Snotty beat me twice last night. <laughs> It was wonderful. Oh, my God. So anyway, Trip's like, come on, Hoshi, it's perfectly safe. And she's like, I don't want to. I'll just stay here in the cave and die. And he's <laughs> like, nah, we're going to do, we're gonna do the, the transporter thing. Hoshi, so read? I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
my God, have mercy. <laughs> I'll, Jesus. Uh, I'll go first. And if it's safe, then you can go. So he goes first. And then she's, and he's like, okay, it's safe. And she's like, fine, beam me up, Reed. And then she beams up. And at first, it seems like everything's okay. But then things, some little weird things start happening. Like uh, she shows up late to her shift, which she never does. And people seem to kind of ignore her when she's in the room. And she has to like really assert her presence before people notice her. Um, And she's a terrible linguist. And oh, yeah. And she's really bad at her job and gets gets in trouble at her job. Because as it turns out, the planet, which they thought was abandoned, actually has a bunch of people on it. So she's trying to translate their language and it's not working. So Archer gets really fed up with her and is characteristically shitty about it and dismisses her from the bridge and tells her to go take a a nap. Um, (laughs) Go take a nap. Like she's been sent to timeout. Yeah, and then... Go think about what you've done. I'm sorry, honey. So he puts some other dude in charge of some rando, and um, later Hoshi runs into Paul in the mess, and she's like, oh my god, what are you doing here? Shouldn't you be on the bridge because there's like a hostage situation with those weird aliens? And Paul's like, bitch, please. You got that shit straightened out hours ago. Your replacement (laughs) took care of it. And Hoshi's like... Uh, So then other weird shit starts happening, like... She kind of like the water runs through her when she's showering, which is weird. And all the while, like she's convinced that she's got some molecular decohesion or something and because of something. And then she's telling her friends about it and they're like, oh, well, you know, at least it's not a, a Cyrus Ramsey type situation. And she's like, oh, my God, what's that? And they're like, how could you not have heard of her, you dumb bitch? Um <laughs> And they're like, Cyrus Ramsey was some dude who was like one of the early test subjects for the transporter, and he got demolecularized, and uh, he's a ghost. Everyone's heard of Cyrus Ramsey, you idiot. (laughs) And she's like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm so stupid. So then she's paranoid about Cyrus Ramsey, and Phlox is of no help, because he's just like, points his scanner at her, and is like, yeah, no, you're fine. So then, eventually, she goes to work out with Trip, who's playing in the spinny rama room i want one of those yeah that looked fun as shit they have they used to have those at the mall yeah this was like uh, what 2002 when those things were like everywhere yeah, yeah. i question how it's an exercise device but I think i've it's seen it for, used it's used for like uh i think it originally was used for like astronaut zero g yeah that sounds right so it makes sense that they'd have it on a spaceship yeah but, but you're right you're right equipment anywho still want one She's talking a trip and then he leaves and then she's she starts really disappearing and then she gets stuck in the room and she looks in the mirror and she's transparent and it's just it's all fucked up. So she's trapped there all night and then the next morning Archer and Trip and T'Pol come in and and she's like, oh, thank God you guys came. I couldn't get out. And they're all like, nobody said anything. Well, that's weird. There's no voices in this room. And the shirt that Hoshi took off earlier is not to be spoken of. Did it vanish um, too? Son of a bitch. Shirt continuity, please. Nope. So uh, so anyway, uh, turns out that she's gone completely invisible and she's now, everyone assumes she's dead. Phlox is like, yeah, yeah, I totally missed this on my scan that she was breaking down because I'm very incompetent. And then they, you know, Archer's, you know, obviously pissed off. So he's going, he's yelling at Trip. He's yelling at 
Everybody read. They're all blaming dead Hoshi for this. Yeah. In, which in, is yeah. sad. Yeah. Even and, after she's gone, they're like, you dumb bitch. I told you to go first. Like, <laughs> How could she yeah. do this to herself? How uh, could you do this to me, Trip? I have to live with the guilt of your death for the rest of my life. So as she's wandering around the ship and all sad and everything, she's trying to get people's attention. And then she sees fucking Tosk in the bowels of the ship. Uh, planting bombs and and she's like oh my god these are the aliens from the planet they're doing it they're doing a terrorism on us so she goes up to uh she's like i gotta warn the rest of the crew so she goes to archer and she's like archer please listen to me and she's oh, like god damn it i'm so invisible what's archer in the middle of doing in all of this though oh he, yeah archer's <laughs> calling her dad Oh my god. What's he calling him? <laughs> yeah. A son of a bitch. In the most awkward, like your daughter died conversation ever, and the dad's just like, Oh, I am sad. Goodbye. No, he wasn't even like I'm sad. He's like, uh, could you call back later? My wife is really better suited to handle these types yeah. of situations. Yeah, it's dad, like, yeah. Look, Archer, uh, I, I have to go be inducted into the baseball hall of fame. Can you call right? later? Yeah. <laughs> Well, and wasn't he also, Jake, you'll maybe know this, wasn't he also on Curb Your Enthusiasm as the, as the chiropractor or the masseuse or the acupuncturist or yeah, it was I something think, along those lines, wasn't it? I think he was. I think, like, yeah, this actor pops up. He's one of those that guys that just shows up in, in various things. But yeah, he is. He has been on Star Trek as well. Right, um, I totally forgot about, uh, was it? Bakai? So anyway, so Hoshi's trying to warn uh, Archer, and then she, but she can't because she's invisible. But then she realizes that she can like do something with a little light, so she starts flickering it. SOS, which which Archer recognizes, then he calls into Paul, and she's like, "Oh yeah, that looks definitely like SOS." She's like, "Okay, great. I'll now that they recognize that it's Morse code, I'll switch to just spelling out my name instead." So she starts doing that, and then they're like, "Huh, it's not SOS anymore. It must just be weird ship shit." So uh, I'll have Trip check it out in the morning. Bye. <laughs> I love it. I love how incompetent he is. It's amazing. The thing is, though, I kind of do appreciate that he's like the one person in all of Star Trek's history to not be like, yes, yes, I, I know Morse code perfectly. I can absolutely like translate this on the fly. Yeah. So anyway, so she's like, well, I'm not getting any help here. So I'll have to do something to interrupt the, the terrorist plot. So she goes and she tries to fuck up with whatever Tosk's doing. And then they, but she can't, they manage to plant the bombs and then they beam out. They have their own little personal transporter pad that they brought with them. So she leaps onto the transporter pad and beams away with them. And then she rematerializes on the pad right after having been beamed off of the surface of the planet at the very beginning of the episode. And she's like, oh my God, you guys can see me. And they're like, yeah, of course we can see you. And she's like, but, but I, but I was a ghost and nobody could see me. And they're like, you, we literally just beamed you up from the surface like two seconds ago. What's, what's wrong with you? So as we find out later from Flocks, for some reason, she had like a little dreamy dream in the very final seconds of the transport and everything else that happened in the episode was just part of that little dreamy hallucination thing. And even Cyrus Ramsey was just some bullshit that her brain made up for her. This is the end. This is automatically almost guaranteed to be on my worst episodes list this season wow. because I fucking detest it was all a dream episodes. Yep, yep. They Back are we did pointless. Our, our, yeah, we did our our dream a blog post a while back, uh, and I watched this episode for it, 
and basically basically it states like wow this was this could have been an interesting transporter episode but instead it was all a dream which felt like a huge cop out and you 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 just feel unsatisfied by the whole fucking thing mm. Even though Hoshi was doing a good job for a talking change. Because they gave her something to do. Yeah, and it's also just, but it's again, it's another Hoshi doesn't like space stuff episode, which we've already done, which is a year ago. Okay, that was my other complaint, was that this would have made more sense in season one. Like, we kind of dealt with insecure Hoshi. She's confident now. She still doesn't get to do fucking anything. I mean, still does more than Mayweather, but... (laughs) Yeah, it feels like a holdover from last season they never produced or something. Yeah. And trying to, like, tack on a little lesson at the end. It's like, hey, you still jumped on that transporter when you didn't think it was a dream. Shut up, oh, John. Oh, God. I hated Archer in that moment. He's like, oh, well, all this horrible trauma you experienced turned out to be a good thing. What the hell is wrong with you? Uh, yeah, the, uh, it just, it's a, I mean, it's a waste of time. At it's least bad. you learned your lesson. Yeah. Sh- no, uh, I think the thing is, like when you know when you know the the twist going in, which I there is there, yeah, yeah, there there are some amusing bits that you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's totally a dream thing. Like when she w- woke up when she missed her alarm, like yeah. that's just a thing that happens in dreams. You show up late for work, hmm. you can't do your job right. It's just like like when you, they, they the writers did put in some little like Easter eggs, I think, for people to catch on the second viewing of stuff like that well and like so much of it was like the characters were heightened like archer was more archer than usual for a lot i don't of know it. he seemed perfectly in character to me well you're See, biased I, don't know. I, I didn't really feel like it was very archerly i don't really think of him as being like a real hard ass to people like i feel like if hoshi was struggling like that i feel like he would have been a little bit more understanding yeah yeah i'm, I'm like 95 percent joking and just a little bit like a little bit like yeah he is he does suck but even like, <laughs> no, he does. But I just mean that, like, I, I agree, I guess, to an extent that some of them were heightened. But I don't know, man, I think uh, I think Hoshi has anxiety and depression and that this is like the perfect encapsulation of how like women are not taken seriously when they have mental or physical health concerns. Well, oh, yeah. like, 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 I, she was gaslighted all fucking episode long. Gaslighted fucking Flocks was like, uh, huh, all your molecules look fine to me. I don't know why you're wasting my fucking yeah, time I, when I'm trying to though, feed the this pets. This is all her own psyche doing this. It's not no, actually no, I mean, Flocks. Well, it doesn't matter. He's still guilty as far as I'm concerned. But <laughs> agreed, no, agreed. I, you know when you wake up from a dream where someone was an asshole and you're mad at them in real life, even though yeah. you know that that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like that. But I'm always angry at Flocks. That's my secret. Well, that's and I was um, thinking similar <laughs> things, and that's why it's almost like too much, like even more of a problem that it's all just a dream. That it's like, fake. No. Oh, shit because it is just it she it's she's doing it to herself and yeah, like i said you kind of ultimate gaslight you could have been trying to make a good point if it were real you know right. but it's not so you've undercut your own message <laughs> so you're like isn't it cute how women fantasize about how no one takes them seriously <laughs> it's like no uh, also as far as like stuff that was like a bit much even for the character like being like a hint that this something is up is like when he puts that bit of when he flocks put that bit of mucus into an envelope and is like i'm sure her <laughs> parents will want the- this yeah. yeah and then they left <laughs> no, the rest see, there egon see, no, that, the mucus that felt in character flocks is a weird fuck he would eat that off of someone's plate if they were eating <laughs> oh, <laughs> vile well, Yes, well, Flox is disgusting. I didn't write the character. I just tell it like I see it. 
Um, yeah, I also yeah. think like the the trip characterization was a little bit of a giveaway because I can't imagine him victim blaming like this. No, Trip's a good boy. Yeah, yeah but if you yeah. think about it as Hoshi blaming herself, I think that yeah. makes a little more sense. Like I could absolutely. see I could see real Trip beating himself up over it, being like, oh, I should have I should have yeah. made her go no, first. Not cursing the name of Hoshi. <laughs> you dumb bitch, I told you to go first. Why wouldn't you let me be a damn gentleman? Speaking of uh Trip though, speaking specifically of real Trip I found it kind of funny that, like, he's like, well, this one seems to say tall guys are popular. And then he's talking to Archer a second later, being like, well, once you're done with Mr. Tall and Popular here, and it's like, uh, Trip? Archer wasn't there for that? He has no idea what you're talking about. No, that it's was just for, for him and Hoshi. Yeah, that yeah. was his his joke, his <laughs> yeah, personal joke. That was like, like when I tell jokes. They're yeah. mostly for me. Like, like on this podcast, yeah. when all we do is, is drop uh, references to things we've done. <laughs> Uh, no, but we do get to see a little bit how Archer, even if this is a kind of a fake Archer, would actually Archer. respond to a to a character death poorly. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to think real Archer would deliver the news better. Yeah. He'd make Reed do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Reed's already dead inside. <laughs> I also think that the you know the reaction of her dad makes oh a lot my of god sense. it was so it, it weird. makes a lot of sense in the uh, in the you know this is my nightmare type scenario where like yeah. your parents just seem to not really care that much that you're dead. You know? Although also being fair to him though like I think my reaction would also be very confused if I had been delivered the news like that. Mm. Like, I, gotta- I think it was I think it was pretty clear why he was calling. Yeah. You don't get a call from a captain to be like, we've had some trouble. Oh, there's trouble. Oh, what kind of trouble? Like, he's not just calling to shoot the shit. He's not I like, hey. I don't understand hey, what you mean. Mr. Oh, Hoshi's, so Hoshi's, Mr. Hoshi's dad. No one said that, sir. No one said that. I said we had an accident. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Mr. Sato. Are you calling me to get Tripp's mom's number? Because I don't have it. What kind of cake does Hoshi like? We need to know immediately. <laughs> That's true. Well, he's very fond of pineapple. <laughs> he did call parents about cake, so he might call for stupid reasons. Hey, but that was one time. We, I mean, listen, even two times, like that would still just be like a trend, not even a pattern yet. You know, mm, I mean, we, true, we have true. no we have no real proof that yeah. this has happened before. There are, there are two reasons to call someone's parents. It's their birthday or they've died or they're dead. Yep. yep. They're a or little they, pile of goo in a. Jeffrey's tube and some in an envelope, an even smaller pile of goo in an envelope, which will be on the next Vulcan mail freighter to Earth. Actually, that's assuming that Phlox didn't eat it anyway. He's a sick man. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's weird. Like, there's almost nothing really to talk about. Because it's all fake. Because it's all fake. Yeah, it's all in Hoshi's head, which, you know, is I. I I get it. I get what they did with this episode. I just feel nothing about it. Like, I remember, you know, when I wrote up that blog post, check out the blog post, basically writing like, yeah, you feel like the rug has been pulled out from under you and it's your fault for watching this. And then rewatching this. <laughs> and then rewatching this episode, I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of know that I know the twist. I kind of get it. But you have that's, to know the twist already, which makes it pointless as a twist. That's the metaphor. Hoshi's blaming herself. We blame ourselves. <laughs> And again, at least, like I said, it would have at least felt a little more relevant last season when she was struggling with True. her place in Starfleet. But then you have three Starfleet. episodes of 
traumatized Hoshi like in one season, which yeah. is not great. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, you can do two, but three is too many. It know? still just feels like then don't bother. Then send her home. Like, no, I mean, <laughs> don't bother with this episode. You oh, know? don't bother with the episode. <laughs> like, it's like we've already had this mini arc and decided she's fine now. Make it Mayweather. He has done nothing. <laughs> it really, he who else? He ghost stories. True. And he's quite a prankster, so, you So know. we've heard once and we'll never hear from again. See, that really would have been a clue early on that something was up. If there was a ghost story that Mayweather didn't know. Yeah. He didn't, I was very annoyed that when they're talking about it at in the in the mess hall and they're like, oh, you ever heard of uh, Cyrus Ramsey? Mayweather isn't the one to tell the ghost story, even though he used to be the one to tell us the ghost story. I don't fucking because Mayweather isn't allowed to do anything. He was too busy planning his next great prank. Yes, clearly. He's in the background putting thumbtacks on chairs, going tee tee. Oh, that's not a prank. That's assault. Tee tee. Oh my god. Okay, fine. He's loosening assault. Jumping off of that, he's loosening caps on salt shakers. That's there fine. That's acceptable. Tee-hee. Unless you're Sluggo, which. <laughs> oh, no, no, Sluggo's, Sluggo's already Sluggo. dead because he was put on a hostile planet. Super no, dead. Sluggo is now the dominant species on that planet. <laughs> oh, he's just got a tiny crown and a scepter. Sluggo is actually Murph's ancestor. Oh, I like that. I accept do that. Do I, headcanon. though? I don't know if I do, but it's still fine. I want to get back to the clothes uh, problem, and that's that, you know, in. The gym, Hoshi takes off a shirt so that she can go do do a workout. We don't seem to care what happened to that shirt. Like, I expected Archer to, like, walk in saying, oh, I wonder where Hoshi is. Oh, she left her shirt here, so she was here. But we don't get any anything with the shirt. Well, and it, it made matter. me... It's, a, it's fucking object permanence in a dream. It doesn't exist. Well, yes, but... It made me notice it because once the shirt vanished, I realized, wait a minute, if Hoshi's vanishing... But she's wearing different clothes than she wore when going through the transporter. Good Why point. are those clothes vanishing too? Yeah. But again, Why is like. Is she just a naked ghost running around? Well, no. Yeah. Why isn't she a, a, an invisible person with just clothes that follow her well, around? No, but, her, but no, because that's not what would happen. She's defazing. She, she would deface. Oh, her she would face through the clothes. Through her, yeah, mm-hmm. the clothes would fall through her. Somewhere, mm. somewhere, an angry Rick Berman is going, I should have thought of that then. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but again, I think all those all these questions are answered simply by saying it doesn't have to make sense because it was all a dream. Yeah, yeah. it's the that's the problem with, again, with these fucking dream episodes, you just fall back on a wizard did it. Yeah, But it's a dream. It's like any inconsistency, any stupidity. That's part of the reason dream episodes are fucking dumb yes siri and they're even dumber in a mostly serious show you know like there have been comedy shows where but the thing is usually with those when a comedy does a dream episode normally or at least some of the time like, you, think you go in knowing you know like that's the whole gag is a character fucking eats a big ball of mozzarella before bed and shenanigans happen it's an is old that what happens yeah and i mean like star trek has done better dream episodes like shades of gray Oof. <laughs> Interesting. That was, that was, Tell me that more, Jake. To be a, that was supposed to be a joke. Uh, that's the thing, it's, though. It's, it's, I not can't, a, it's not a good dream episode. I can't tell if you're joking because I feel like it handled it better. I mean, yeah, it just it tells you up front. You know, it's a clip show. Like, I don't feel like I got fucked in the same way. Actually, speaking <laughs> speaking of like Riker episodes that handled the it was all a dream in a more interesting uh, way. Ooh. 
I was I think um, future imperfect future imperfect that's right because it wasn't one. it wasn't literally a dream but it, for all intents and purposes um, it was a dream episode it's on my it's on the dream list yeah and also I mean I suppose you could argue to an extent like. But again, this is one where you know sooner, and that's kind of the point. But even like O'Brien's 20-year dream jail. Mm. But again, that's a little different because you know sooner, and the whole point is going back and forth. And but, I mean, that's actually a, that's actually an interesting take, right? Because that was a dream, implanted dream. But then most of the episode dealt with the fallout so like yeah. the episode wasn't mm-hmm. a waste because like it actually did have a lasting impact on o'brien's mental health whereas right. this is just like okay the whole episode is the dream and like we're at the end like the the experience is minimized and just yeah <laughs> it got over your fear of the transporter ain't that God, a thing I hate that. <laughs> also we love watching miles get tortured watching she get tort get tortured just seems mean yeah reed is supposed to be the miles of this show (laughs) (laughs) it's got a uk isle accent and everything (sighs) i have nothing else this was i have nothing else raging i fucking hate dream episodes maybe will there'll be brighter skies ahead oh no it gets worse oh no it gets so much worse i prefer vanishing point by quite a lot actually Uh, let's talk about it some more precious cargo everyone Uh, so in precious cargo the enterprise is transporting elan the dolmen of elas (laughs) to an arranged marriage on troyus (laughs) and uh she's just a rancid bitch and uh kirk makes out with her and uh it's all all as well i'm sorry i'm sorry i was was mixing that up with something else sorry in precious cargo the enterprise is transporting the perfect mate (laughs) (laughs) i was hoping that she falls in love with picard on the way and ah shit wait no that's she even has spots on her face well it's the same species She's Creosian. Oh, is that her species name yep, in that? Yep, that's Kamala's species in The Perfect Mate. Uh, before you continue your synopsis, Jake, may I read you the blurb from the other blog post that's relevant this week, which is our, our Cryo-Freeze blog post. And this was, the, this was the blurb for this episode. An even more egregious retread comes in Enterprise when they basically try to redo the super cringe episode The Perfect Mate that you just scrolled past and somehow continue to be fairly cringed. Same deal, a gorgeous Creosian woman is being transported while in stasis, her pod gets damaged and she wakes up and eventually falls for the hunkiest guy in reach. We've done this all before. I would just like to say, now knowing it's the same species, I hate this episode more now. You should. You absolutely yeah, should. The fact that it... Uh, so fucking lazy. Fuck! Uh, you know what? Do the rest of the episode without me. Call me Bye, when Chris. Lo- walks on a time. He, oh, I Chris, can't, he's not Chris joking. Is go- he's gone. Is he coming back? Yeah, he's back. Look, I'm, oh, I'm probably going to... It was an empty threat. Yeah, Damn. it'll. It, I'm still debating he actually not being here for the finale, but uh, I will stick around for this. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So, all right. Now, now, now for the real synopsis. So, anyway, we have this Dauphin. Shit! <laughs> uh, thank you. I was hoping for a little Dauphin. That's great. Um, Fucking no. show. All right. So here's what's going on. We're uh, we're tooling around in space, and we pick up a distress call, I think, and we go to check it out. And uh, it's uh, I don't these... think I don't think we see that, do we? I think we just start, and we're already hanging out with them. 
Am I wrong? I don't remember. No, yeah, no. Uh, there's a distress call because because um, Cap and harmonica. Florida there is playing as harmonica. Boy. Yeah. yeah. Right, oh, right, yeah. right, right, right. I'm sorry, Jake. Go on. So anyway, we uh, meet up with these dudes. They're like freighter captains, and they're like, "Yeah, our ship is uh, super slow, and we're trying to transport this woman to this place, and she's in stasis, and the stasis pod's having problems, and well, she's not going to last the journey." And uh, so we need we need some help fixing the stasis pod. So Archer's like, yeah, yeah, we'll help you. Trip will take care of it. So Trip goes over there. He starts working on the pod and he brushes off the the frost from the glass. He's like, oh, it's a beautiful woman. Oh, oh I'm yeah, suddenly yeah, 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 way yeah. more interested in this. Uh, meanwhile, uh, there we're entertaining the two men on the Enterprise. And, um, you know, Archer's like, hey, look, you know, your ship's slow as dog shit. So... Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, you know, why don't you guys, why don't you just come over here, we'll tow your ship, and uh, we'll we'll get you there in a couple of days. And the guy's like, no, 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 nope, 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 thanks, but no. Uh, and Archer's like, okay, cool, well, why don't you have dinner with us? And he's like, nope, 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 okay, fine, whatever. Yep, uh, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> so, so they have, Muppets. So they have, uh, they have dinner. Dancing, while while a little music, dinner, a little wine. <laughs> the trip's still working on the on the pod, and something breaks, and and he's like, "Oh shit!" And it starts unpacking the girl, and she's like trying to get out of the pod, and she's awake, and he's like, "God damn it, I gotta open it." And then at the dinner, the guy's little beeper goes off, and he's like, "Ah oh, shit, there's something wrong on the ship. I gotta go take a look." At it. And so one of the guys leaves, and when he gets there, you know, he opens up the pod with Trip, and then Trips and the woman's bound. She and she's like, uh, "What are you doing? Fuck you!" And French. Wee wee! I don't know. She's um, not French. That's that's a totally different language, Chris. The the guy beats Trip over the head for some reason, and then flies <laughs> flies away, uh, leaving his friend uh, his other friend behind on Enterprise. There's a little chase bit where the Enterprise is trying to catch up with them, but they don't. And in the end, Trip and the woman who we find out is like this kidnapped princess lady is like, hey, we got to get out of here. And so they they go aboard this uh, this this escape pod. Uh, escape they crawl, pod. They crawl through a trash chute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they crawl through a tra- trash chute and then they, they climb aboard the the Ocean Gate Titan submersible Jesus. Uh, to go to, as an escape pod. So then they then they have the you know a bunch of hilarious hijinks because they're way too close and packed into this escape pod, and he has to touch her butt to look at something, and it's all stupid. And then yeah, and of course you know she's 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 this princess, so she has a princess attitude about everything, and and he's a down to earth guy, and he's talking trip 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 talk. She has to go back to her small town home and falls in love with the small town boy. Oh my god, right. it's a Christmas special. <laughs> yep. Uh, so anyway, back on Enterprise, Archer's trying to get the 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 the, the other guy to to tell them like the warp trait tracking code, the UPS tracking number of the of the <laughs> escape pod, and and the guy's like, I can't, I don't know shit. So Archer concocts this. Uh, this great ruse where he's going to pretend that to Paul is this like uh dominatrix. Ju- is do- yeah, this- <laughs> I was say, I think he just revealed his fanfic. 
yeah, dominatrix yeah, this is just, judge. Just Archer's like role playing day. Oh my god, this is yeah. my fanfic. That's what I'm gonna write. So he, tr- he basically shit. tricks this guy, and to Paul, surprisingly, plays along with it. Uh, dress. She gets all dressed up in in her costume and everything. Well, she was just happy uh, to get out of that jumpsuit. That's I was true. happy she was out of that jumpsuit. She looked great. I thought she, I thought she looked hot in those high heeled boots. <laughs> I'm just uh, kidding. I don't think there were any high heeled boots. But anyway, she just popped in. <laughs> it's a curb reference. Oh, it's a curb I, reference. I kind of figured because when you when you and Caitlin laugh at something and me and Ames are confused, it's usually curb. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, he he tricks the guy into. I guess he tricks the guy into revealing where they went. Meanwhile, the the pod has crash landed on some swampy planet, and Trips trying Florida, to, planet Florida. Tri- yeah, Trips crash right lands in Florida, and Trips trying to do something. Who gives a shit? Uh, <laughs> and they end up and they end up and they end up falling into the mud together and rolling around and having a fight. And then and then of course you know because it's fucking stupid, it turns out to into a kissing fight. Ooh. Um, but the bad guy caught back up with them and he's going to shoot them. And they have a big fight with him and Trip, and, and Trip and the guy are fighting and rolling around in the mud. And, and then that turns into a kissing, kissing. fight. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Better episode. Um, oh, my was, God. That guy was fun. No, but, but uh, Elon beats the guy over the head. And right then, Archer and the crew show up and are like, hey, what's going on, guys? And they're like, nothing. Why are you in your underwear? Nothing. Uh, so everyone gets rescued, and that's the end. Woof. <sighs> wow. Well, that's really all there is to say. So I guess uh, moving Let's... on to Loxana Troy. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think, I mean, the, the, I think the, the headline here is not that it's a recycled plot. Oh, which it is. Three times over. But it's also just how bad that woman's acting was. Oh, oh yeah. so bad. Worse. Padma Lakshmi. Yeah, to be fair, she was mostly a model before this. This is one of her earliest acting gigs. Well, and, that's good. She was very pretty. And she didn't, apparently, I don't think she'd done a lot of other, she mostly is known for cooking shows like Top Chef and Chase the Nation. Yeah, she does hosting she's just mostly. Yeah, which is fine because there's no acting. There's just cooking and talking. Yeah. Can I ask like a stupid question? Is she like a native English speaker? I don't know. I know she's from India. But she did go oh, to okay, university. She has a Oh, go ahead. She did go to university in the States though, so I guess what I was mostly wondering was is if the accent that I was hearing was like legitimate or if she was like, you know, sort of making things worse for herself by trying to affect an accent. Because oh, yeah, I remember when we covered Perfect Mate. Oh god, the actor's name is gone. Femke, uh, Femke Jansen. Femke Jansen, thank you. Um, she barely knew English at the time, so a lot oh, of her right. readings were just wrote, like, just say this line, and they tell her the line, and then she tells tells you the line. <laughs> no shit, I had no idea. I forgot about even that. Even she was better than this than what was happening in this. Uh, yeah, that's true. Debatable. Barely, barely. But, like, oh, that she... makes me just think even more about, sorry, like, I'm just thinking of X Men. I would have never guessed that she was not that she was not. Well, like X Men was English much speaker. later. Yeah, but still, she. I mean, only a couple of years though. Like my dumbass wouldn't be any better at a language I wasn't saying, born like, into with that fast. Yeah, I mean, like that's honestly incredible. So I don't give her enough credit. So I'm sorry, Fomka. I'm sure that my opinion has really bothered you for a long time. <laughs> and I mean, like Goldeneye was earlier than that, and she was already much better at acting. 
Ugh, now I'm going to have the GoldenEye theme stuck in my head all day. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no, she is. That that was, I, I said this off air last week when I was like, oh God, is this the one I think it is? My abiding memory of this episode was just how bad her acting was. She and is abysmal. In I'll this. give it this. And it was better than I remembered because one or two lines were delivered competently. <laughs> one or two. Excellent. Poor thing. You could all, I could almost say like, oh, it's the Universal Translator doing this. I don't know. But this it's never something that's happened before. Oh, no. The Universal Translator. So... Yeah. What about it? Hey, we finish your thought and then we'll mm. pick that up. No, no, I'm done. You go. So last week we were talking with the Universal Translator. Apparently it's a fucking giant tablet with a communicator jabbed in, jammed oh, into it. Oh, right. Well, that's I think. Oh, uh, it's complicated because I feel like they needed it because it didn't know her language yet. But when Trip was in the room with her and she's speaking Creosian or whatever, but then one of the Italians walks in and he's they don't understand each other fine. Yeah, he was just speaking English. Yeah, I, I doubt that. Just, yeah. <laughs> also, like, this, oh, my God, the fucking escape pod. This is only for one person. That is a very wide bench intended for two people. <laughs> it's for a big like, ass. They tried shooting it from different angles to make it look smaller, but they'd already given up the game. Also, who designed that escape pod? Hey, let's put important controls under the chair. What? What? All of the design of that thing was strictly for shenanigans. It wasn't yep. a logical design. <laughs> strictly for shenanigans. Uh, so also, like, stupid. We, we all know that you put the flotation device under your ass. Also that. Not the important things. I'll see that data with you. True. Well, he's fully functional. Oh, God. Just, just, just. Everything is fucking laughable. She tears the skirt and you're like, oh, we're going to see some leg. Which was in no reason necessary because then she just went in backwards anyway, which she could have done <laughs> fine with the long skirt. You would think. It was just so we could see some like, fuck you, well, Rick Berman. In her, in her defense, it really does depend on how tight of a skirt it was. Like if it was like a mermaid cut dress or something. I didn't really pay much attention to it until she was ripping it. But if it was, you know, if it was meant to be tight enough around the legs, it, mm. it might have been difficult to move. Either way, though, they to. only designed it that way so she could rip it so Rick Berman could be horny. Almost certainly. God, luckily, luckily, the ladies got to be a little horny, too, though, because we True. got some Connor with his shirt off doing his thing. When he when when she realizes he's injured and he she's like, take a uniform off. He's like, look here, lady. Last time I was alone with an alien, all I did was touch a bowl of beads with her and I done got knocked up. Like hell, am I getting naked around you? And then he does. <laughs> yeah. Not all the way. Right before they like. fuck, he goes, hey, real quick. Do the fellas get pregnant on your planet or the ladies? <laughs> Don't look at me like that. It's a legit question. <laughs> I'm glad he checks. Every time he talks to anybody now, okay, tell me your mating habits. I have to know. If I'm just talking, Captain. can I get pregnant? I hope one of his 8,000 pockets has a Starfleet-issued rubber. I feel like that's required, yeah. yeah they must. Starfleet rubber. Delta ribbed for her pleasure. Oh, God. Delta ribbed. Yikes. Just, yeah, like the, like the, uh, deltas, first, like, like everything like, has. Like the Kelvin Delta uniforms in the uniform. first two movies. Or the newer, uh, Strange New Worlds uniforms, right? Isn't that Yeah, they have them uh, on, like, the shoulders, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, God. I, uh, here, I've been, I've been monopolizing. Someone take over. I will tell you some backstory then. Uh, so apparently there had been, I didn't realize there had been a lot of turnover in the writing team between seasons one and two. Mm. Interesting. I mean, season one, I feel like was mostly Berman and Braga, and they didn't let other people write a ton. 
Yeah, it um, was terrible. Yeah, and granted, <laughs> like they bring in some new people for season two, and I thought season two had a strong start, and it then is, has been going steadily, steadily downhill. But they finally bring on David Goodman, who we will remember because he did um, the Futurama episode where no fan has gone before, <laughs> no way. which is delightful. Had that already yes. aired by this point? Yes, I believe so, because this is December of 2002. So I think that that's right. But we'll also know him. He did. All, he's done a lot of work on Family Guy and The Orville. Oh. And he he's saddled with this story. He didn't come up with the pitch, but he gets the story to write the teleplay for. And he says, oh, God, I'm going to get fucking fired for this because he he understood it was bad. But apparently he knew. Apparently, his draft wasn't as bad as what they what Braga did to it, because Braga did a rewrite. And while Goodwin says, yeah, both of them are bad, I'm sure this one's worse, because the way <laughs> Braga treated it was as a, quote, screwball comedy. Oof. So I don't know how bad it was before, but I feel like this is also incorrect. <laughs> also, having just looked up uh, where no fan has gone before, that aired April 2002? Yeah, so that's, he may have that, been that's well enough before. Okay, yeah, so he probably wrote that and then wrote this. Yeah, that sounds right. Depending on the production schedules of the shows, I guess. Act, yeah, especially animated. He probably wrote that ages ago, actually. Hmm. So. <sighs> yeah, we will see more of him. I, I don't remember which episodes he writes in Fusion, but he does write some more Enterprise. Hopefully they give him better starting points. I'm hoping so. Be hard not to. Uh <sighs> Um, Tri Trip has an old-timey diver's helmet for some reason. Oh, I missed this. Was it in his quarters? Yeah, it's like on a shelf. Oh, like, weird. Huh. It definitely feels like something they just kind of pulled out of props without giving what's, it much thought. What's something a Floridian might have? That's what I mean. It doesn't feel very Lime trip, disease. you know? Like, he's an engineer. And, like, yeah, he's an explorer and an astronaut, but it still feels like... I never got the like if anyone is going to have old timey like diving equipment, maybe Reed because he's a sailor. Right. Yeah. Mm. He's used to that life. Like I it just felt <laughs> weird. Like, again, obviously, most of the stuff in their rooms that someone pulls out of props, but sometimes it feels like they actually put thought into it. And this does not feel like that. Hmm. This feels like they're the Space Navy. What do Navy people have like the shit in Archer's room? All makes sense, it you know, does. that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I don't know. Maybe other people would disagree, but no, I agree. That doesn't make a ton. Look, granted, Trip is such a character that yeah. trying to like make him like the just normal military guy. He's an engineer. What the fuck does that have to do with anything? Like maybe an old timey life ring. I'd be like, that makes a weird kind of sense. A, a what now? A lifesaver? Life yeah. preserver? No, no, like the, 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 the ring ones, not the vests. That's a life yeah. preserver. A life, oh, it a is? life saver. What the a hell is the vest? It's called a life, a vest, life vest, like I just said. Yes, Jesus Christ. Wait, <laughs> I thought you said it wasn't a vest. Yeah, no, I, okay. I, I was getting my terms confused. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought, thought you were talking about the ring. Yeah, a ring with SS Minnow on it. <laughs> All right, moving on. Moving on, like the other half of the plot, and it's very funny because the two different reviewers that I follow, one of them says the B plot on ship is the worst thing about the episode. And the other says that, and granted, this comes with many asterisks because it's all bad, that the B plot on the ship is the best thing about this episode. 
I just found it entirely out of character what Archer and T'Pol decided to do yeah. to this man they've already been interacting with for a day. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense. I mean, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Like I, when I I read that on a synopsis saying they go good cop, bad cop. I'm like, oh, good. Archer's going to be bad cop. And as even in the first scene, as he's going, I'm like, yep, Archer's bad cop. Archer's definitely. Wait, T'Pol's the. Wait, I'm confused now. Why would T'Pol be bad cop? Yeah, like like you said, it made make more sense if they hadn't already been hanging with him so much. I mean, she was there at dinner with them when the guy couldn't eat his spaghetti. Um, <laughs> well, it looked, to be fair, it didn't look very good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the way they played it, but it made no sense in context. No. Like, it was a f- fun scene in isolation, but outside of isolation, it just falls to pieces. Yeah, the only thing I liked about it was it got T'Pol out of that jumpsuit yes. into something proper. Yeah, yeah. And she looked great. She looked she great did. in that thing. They do eventually give her a different jumpsuit, which... But it's still a jumpsuit. It is, but it's sli- like kind of like her desert jumpsuit a few weeks ago. It's still very form-fitting, but a little less painted on. It's kind of like how when they went from the silver one for oh, Jerry God. Ryan to the, the brown and blue awful. one, like... Yeah, like, clearly it's still way too tight, but she can maybe breathe a little now. Oh, good. See, I just felt like, A, it makes no sense to have Archer T'Pol be doing this stupid ruse. Not at all. T'Pol would never go along with it because it's a terrible idea. Yep. And also, isn't all of this Reed's job? Shh. Oh, right. Reed's job is to invent the force field and operate the transporters because apparently he's an engineer (laughs) i think they got confused because he had the red security Mm. really needs its own color they could be green pretty that feels more medical yeah but medical's blue or white now fine transporters can be green there we go sure also like archer buddy just because somebody works on a ship doesn't mean they know it's warp signature off the top of their head that's like yeah, asking seriously. someone who owns a car how to fix an engine. Yeah, what's your VIN number? Why would I know that out of, off the top of my head? Yeah, although you should probably, for safety's sake, have it written down somewhere just in case you need it. G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, it's, it's like the fucking people last season being like, you've met the Sulaban a couple times, you must have all this info on them. What? <laughs> it's the same thing. Oh, Jesus Christmas, Jake, what are you doing? Jake has flipped his glasses onto his forehead and was making the weirdest face, listeners. It was something else. I'm that, sad. I'm sad that I didn't see it. That's the that's the face you see in the mirror if you turn the lights off and say Cyrus Ramsey five times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cyrus. Oh, Christ on a button. All right, one more question. That's just my normal face, and I'm very offended. Oh, poor Jake. One more question. So they bring these aliens on board, and the first thing one of them says is, oh, could I have a bath? It's been fucking years since I have a bat- had a bath, and, you know, mm. Stinky and I are going to have to have a little contest on which of us is stinkier. And my what? first thought was, so when you guys go down to planets, you go through the decon chamber to come back. Why don't you have people who come visit go through the decon chamber? That's a good point. Hmm. Well, because we want to give them all baths. No, it's because this guy isn't isn't as sexy as T'Pol, so we pa- we pass on it immediately. Yeah, I, I never thought of that, but yeah, that's a huge flaw. Hate this show. 
Um, <laughs> wow, poor Chris. You used to like this show. Remember how excited he was for the show? In the Again, I, I really think it's because I hadn't seen real Star Trek in a long ass time at this point. That's fair. It's just a point. And this was an issue with Voyager where they don't commit to the bit they created. Like the idea, the execution is fucking horrible, but the idea of the decon room is solid. Right. But it like you sense. said, the, the inconsistency of it is part of the failure. Or like, you know, we almost never use the transporters when they're really appropriate. And so that when they do come up, it's like, oh, my God, everyone's going to get killed by these things. I mean, the thing is, so the transporters are what kind of negate the need for the decon room in the future because they have the bio built in. Yeah. Yeah. And that thing, I feel like they've established enough with this series that, like, even though they're approved for human use, it's still like. Enough of a kind of a we only do this in extreme circumstances thing. Admittedly, a few weeks ago with the communicator, sounds like an extreme circumstance. That was pretty extreme. Oh, Um, the captain's about to get hanged. Eh, go go down there in this experiment ship we don't understand. (laughs) Good. Well, well done, Trip. Oh, though, speaking of stinky, I will say big credit to I cannot remember Reed's real name. Dominic Keating. Thank you, Dominic Keating. When he's given the order to uh, fire on the alien ship, he just has the most pleasable smirk on. <laughs> like, I don't get to do this enough time to murder. <laughs> oh, my favorite thing was when um, one of the one of the retaliants goes onto the vessel and he's about to get away, and they're like, "Get the uh, increased docking clamps!" And then the thing just flies off. It's like docking yeah, clamps are not going to do anything. <laughs> they just ripped the whole fucking tube off your ship. Your it wouldn't have done squat. Yeah, I actually don't think there were docking clamps. I don't think the no. ships were clamped together at all. They were just connected by that little tunnel. No, no, it was actually being held by clamps from Futurama, and his hands came off. He was very sad. He loves those clamps. There you go. Oh, God. Other bad in this. I do not know who was choreographing some of the violence in this. Oh, my God. It was just the tumble in the mud. Not even that. Both times, Trip got hit with a stick from behind. It was like the least convincing thwack I've ever seen. <laughs> like when she does it to him and then I think the alien does it at one point. It's just like. Guys, well, come she on. Does, she does it to the alien at the end. That's right. I think that one was probably fine. But when she does it to trip, it's just like it's just it's so badly done. What I did find hysterical though about the fight at the end between trip and the alien was like. Yeah, this is pre-Kirk Chop days, so Trip goes full fucking Marquess of Queensbury on him. Like, you doing had, like, the hands what? up, like, the hands up and kind of, like, wiggling them in the air thing. Oh, wow. Ah, put up your dukes there. Yeah, it was ah. like, what is happening? Admittedly, this has come to fisticuffs, see? The punches were more convincing than any other violence in the episode, but it uh, was have hysterical. Have you know a celebrated pugilist from Florida? <laughs> they made sure to not do and get anywhere close to killing the guy even though he was going to murder the hell out of trip and tried like he shot melon man dead yeah yeah he was nobody dies on this show it was a tasty looking melon not even (laughs) cyrus ramsey yeah he's still alive that bastard (laughs) i have a few deaths filed away we will get some eventually and we did have those like thousands of off-screen people last season uh, when they blew up a yeah, colony. Yeah, but we no longer have any guilt about them because it wasn't technically our fault. True, true. Yeah. And well, and there's the, the people that were getting their whatever, their brains jacked into that 
Oh yeah, they're dead. Station. They're dead. They got blowed up. Yeah, yeah, they're super dead, but Phlox had already written them off. They were yeah. semi-dead already, yeah. They were, you know, they were on life support. Oh, they're unsavable. Uh, Wash my hands of this. The corpses that were getting their lymph juice drained. Yum. Yeah, yeah. But, but we found them dead. dead. That's a little different, yeah. yeah. We haven't had, like, an active... Again, there was Daniels, Slug-o. but they undid... Poor Sluggo. We don't know. Sluggo could be fine. Uh, I, I contend Sluggo's dead. Sluggo is Murph's great times ten grandfather. <laughs> Forefather. Four, four yeah, mother twice removed. <laughs> All right. Uh, cool. Great. That episode blew. What a terrible a week. Bad week. Rough. Like, yeah. Things had been going better, and then they were kind of wobbly, and now it's just, this is a season one week. Seriously, remember, Chris, the other day when I was like, yeah, we should do another episode, because I just kind of want to keep watching this show now. It's pretty good. (laughs) Well, that's gone now. (laughs) Well, I was reticent because I knew one of these episodes. And then when I got to the first one, too, I was like, oh, no, it's the dream one. Now, Caitlin, you didn't know it was a dream the whole time, did you? I did not. What were you, I kind of started did you to think, feel by the end? I started to think it kind of probably was, though, like just because it was so weird and like everyone was acting so fucking weird. Like I thought either it was a dream or like, I don't know, everyone was sick. But I was like, but we already did a Space Madness episode just last week. Can't be that. That's true. We've um, had a lot of kind of bodily episodes so far, which strikes me as strange for so many episodes in a row that feel cheap yeah but yeah by the end of it i was uh i was pretty fucking annoyed because it was like i said it, it like like well as you guys said you know it, or as we all said as we all agreed so say we all so say we all it was like they were doing a good thing by being like you know making a statement about how like people with mental health concerns maybe aren't taken so seriously yeah, or give like Linda Park how, something to do or like how women, like in general with healthcare, aren't always taken seriously, like with Flocks and the way he just kind of dismisses her and is like, oh yeah, you're you're being dumb, your molecules are great. So yeah, mostly just pissed off and then pissed off again. <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, I don't know if you came across this in your research at all, Ames. Does Connor Trenier actually play the harmonica or was that dubbed? That was, uh, I hear that was dubbed. Uh, it wasn't, I didn't hear it from Memory Alpha. I heard it from one of the reviewers who said, uh, like, once once you know it's dubbed, you kind of, like, can't take your well, eye the, off of I, it. I, I, I kind know. of assumed it, I assumed it was because I didn't really buy his playing. I was, thinking, I was like, I was looking at it, I was like, I don't know what playing a harmonica well looks like. So for all <laughs> I know, this is correct. Well, also, being like, fair, no one does. <laughs> like, who outside of the hobo community is Hanging out playing harmonica. Uh, Sean nice. Colvin. Who? A uh, singer I used to listen to. Or, uh, yeah, a singer that uh, was uh. popular in like the 90s. Oh, yeah. Also, Bob Dylan. Well, I'm not talking about musicians that are playing <laughs> harmonica as part of a performance. I'm talking about somebody just sitting alone in well, their room. Well, you should be more fucking specific. Riffing okay? on the harmonica. Because that is what the show thinks Southerners are. Hmm. Believe me, they would have done banjo, but they decided that was a bit too much. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, again, Trip is not really Floridian. He is the South. <laughs> the big twist in this episode was, was going to be that the uh, princess woman was actually um, Trip's second cousin. Oh, but God it was going to be okay. No. <laughs> oh, God. You know what would be amazing? I know this doesn't happen in the show, so I'm just going to throw it out there. I hate body swap episodes usually. 
Mm-hmm. But if you had Reed and Trip switch and both the actors had to try to do the other one's accent. Oh, that is that's kind of funny. The one body swap episode I, I really uh, love is that Prodigy episode. That one's good. That one's excellent. Uh, there's no segue. No, nope. we've, we've we've destroyed any semblance of segue. So we're just going to move on. Thank God we're done with these episodes. Oh. Uh, the character character spotlight's going to be much more fun this week because Woo! it's one of our favorites. <laughs> it's our good, good friend, Luxana Troy. We got lots of good and bad moments for her. The no, absolute. Wait, is this... Go ahead. Strictly TNG or is it everything? Isn't it? Yeah, you include any, anything. anything. Anything we've watched. Oh my gosh. I was fucking oh, that changes everything. flabbergasted to find out. Like, I knew she wasn't in a ton of episodes, but she was in seven. And it's like, wow. I, nine. She's in nine. Nine. I miscounted then. Are you I'm not counting, counting Deep Space Nine? DC, DC, DC no, nine. I was. I was. I just very badly seven, miscounted, then. apparently. Yeah, it's nine. I have the list right here. <laughs> They're uh, Manhunt, Haven, Menage Troy, Cost of Living. Fascination, The Muse, Dark Page, The Forsaken, and Half a Life. They're in no particular order. <laughs> From worst to best. <laughs> ah. Caitlin, you go first. Yeah, let's let Caitlin, Caitlin go first, because I know you're a big fan of Luoxana Troy. I love Luoxana Troy. So what we want, good moments? Um, good, yeah. Well, uh, everything about Half a Life, oh, I yeah. love. Hard agree. She's just, I mean, she acts the fuck out of it. She's it's like the most selfless we've ever seen her, because I think it's in a way like some of the most real we've ever seen her. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly in TNG, it's the realest we ever see her because, yeah. you know, the rest of the time it's well, we'll get there because there there are bad things. But this that's not a bad thing. That's a very good thing. That one. I think it is. Let me see. Oh, my God. The Forsaken. Mm-hmm. Oh, when, yeah. The turbo lift scene. The turbo lift scene. I absolutely. With her and Odo, because. Like, yeah, it's at first it's like, oh, my God, what the fuck, the Waxana, because she's just chasing him and being crazy like she do. But when she really opens up to him and that like lets her him really open up to her and she's like, you know, it's OK to fall apart. Like, I'll take care of you. And Caitlin cries and turns into a puddle. I yep. love them. Yeah, I do. I do, too. It is the best. And that's uh, another really good. I mean, uh, dude. Hmm. Oh, well, I said I was going to say this as a joke, so and now that I don't have a real one, I guess I will. Uh, I thought it was really nice in that episode where she uh, tried to help her daughter, you know, secure a good future by setting her up with a husband. Which time? Wow. Oh, all of them. <laughs> all uh, of the times. The, fir- the first time in Wyatt season one. Haven? Haven? Yeah. Oh, in Haven. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. What a great mom, you know? To be fair, it, just- did, it did come with uh, all, all the money out of the quark box. That's true. true. Yeah. Pretty good I'll, deal. I'll give him this. Wyatt Derp was one of the nicest men, like male guest actors she ever interacted with. Most of them were trying to murder or do worse things to her. The actors or the characters? The characters. Okay, that makes much more sense. Der- Derp, had Derp not been fantasizing about the other woman, they he would have been a probably very giving, gentle lover. Hmm. They would have vibed, as the kids say. They're already vibing, but he, you know, vibed more with somebody else. And yes, yeah, better, better to be in a relationship like like that than one that where you're living a lie. So, I think she should have gone with Worf. We all know that. Oh, obviously, I would have been happy. How about you, Chris? Well, yeah. 
<laughs> you just turned entirely off. <laughs> yeah, sorry. My whole just I just blue screened there. I got thrown off pretty badly. Um, someone else go. I, my brain just imploded. Well, actually, though, let me give you a real third okay, one that's actually all right, good. Sure. Uh, she tries, and I i mean, I think we can all agree that more Alexander screen time is not good screen time, but she really does try to help Alexander, like, learn to be cool and learn to have a good time in uh, cost of living. No, so I agree. I'll, I'll give her mad props for being, like, kind of a good, I don't know, maybe not a surrogate mom, but like a godmom yeah, or like a Grammy or an auntie. Yeah. or Very she, godmother. She, she tries. She tries, you know? She, um, Alexander is... She's got fun kind of grandma energy. Oh, yeah. she does, dude. I would have loved... She would have been a great grandma. I would have loved that. <sighs> well, that's fucking great, because my <laughs> three tops are the exact same oh, three that Caitlin... Yay! Mine, too. Mine are the exact same three as well. Yay! <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, so I had... I had, you know, trying to... Basically just trying to save Timison. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. God, yeah, there's episode. aspects of that, though, that are negative. But again, you know, I, I give her the benefit of the doubt. What could possibly be negative? I mean, really, I, I OK, I'm going to be specific in the moment that I'm going to consider the good moment. And that's coming around in the end and oh, joining yeah. him. Oh, I love that. Um, because even though she didn't agree with with his decision, she accepted it. Yeah. And, and respected his him. culture. Yeah. His shit um, culture, but still terrible, his culture. awful culture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Terrible. So, yeah, I, I'm going to go with that. Um, yep. I wrote, you know, finding Odo's heart. Um, actually, just, okay, you know, to differentiate it a little bit, uh, I'm going to go with a different DS9 Odo bit and say in the muse. Yay. Um, oh, the when, muse. When, when she gets Odo to pretend to be in love with her or pretend to be marrying her or whatever, whatever. No, he they, has actu- to do- they actually do get married. Oh, that's right. That's she, right. Yeah, yes. yeah. Marrying Odo, then. Yeah, exactly. Yay. But it was all—it was a fake marriage to piss off uh, Kang, right? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Yes, it was. But the feelings were real, and that was lovely. Yeah, and then yeah, being being the only parental figure <laughs> in Alexander's life. <laughs> she didn't even write a contract about it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Two of mine again. Same as everyone else, uh, Half a Life and um, Odo Elevator there. Mm-hmm. Forsaken. Uh, and you know what? Since last week I shat on, no, last week, two weeks ago, whatever. I shat on Wesley's sartorial choices. I will say a good thing about her are her sartorial choices. Yes. Oh, we have a whole blog post on that. We so do. I can link to it. <laughs> uh, mostly great clothes. There were one or two outfits where you're just like, oh, but vast majority. Love that, love that pink wig. Yeah, the pink wig, the blue dress. Yeah, there's so much going on there. Yeah, we have a, we have the collection up on the blog post, so you definitely check that out. All right, so yeah, so my my top three were the same as yours, but as I usually do, I've got a bunch of spares. Great. A different thing that happens in Cost of Living, uh, she goes to her wedding naked to just fuck over Campio because fuck that guy. Oh, God, fucking Judge Frollo there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know what? If you don't accept accept me at my culture, then you know what? We don't probably shouldn't be getting married, asshole. You don't deserve me at your cl- culture. Damn right. Uh, it really bums me out, man. Luwaxana is like such a great character, and she like never knows her worth, and she's always chasing men, and it makes me sad. I mean, I want her to be happy and have a man and stuff, but I just wish that she could realize that she perhaps could be very happy without man. Yeah. Well, you know. She, she, I think she just needs someone in her life, and 
I don't know. I, I feel like her position, it, it's hard to just have sort of casual friends. You know, she's a an ambassador and some sort of very important Beta Z type person, too. Got them keys and shit. Yeah, and that chalice. yeah the holder of the keys and the drinker of the chalice and the so, cupper of the balls and all that. Oh, definitely the hut, yeah. It keeps her uh, weird, oddly distanced from people. You know, her closest friend is probably Mr. Hom. Right. A couple more small ones. I do love the moment when uh, Deanna and her are in her brain and Dark Page and they connect mm. over the Kestra memory. I think that's a very beautiful scene and I give Majel, a, like, oh my god, I give Majel so much credit in that scene because it's lovely. Yeah. So that's a great Gulaxana moment for me. And my last one is going to be a funny little moment in Manhunt. There's not much good in Manhunt, but the one great thing she does is she exposes the Antidian assassins. I like a that. fucking boss. Like it's nothing, too. She's like, what? Oh, yeah, no. They're, what? <laughs> you could you yeah, not don't tell. Don't trust these men. <laughs> don't, trust these, <laughs> don't trust these handsome fish. <laughs> one of oh. which is a major musician whose name escapes me. Iggy Pop. Is it Iggy Pop? Oh, sadly, no. No, it's... <laughs> he was in Magnificent Ferengi. Well, yeah, yeah, I know, but I mean, you know. Uh, no, you isn't it one like Mick Mickey... Fleetwood or something? Yeah, oh, that, I think that you're right. Yeah, right. I think that's yeah. it. Mick Fleetwood, huh? Funny. Is it, like, it and literally you never tell. Been, well, yeah, it could have been a fucking hat stand with a costume on it. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, hilarious. It's like a sexy lamp, but it's the dude version, which is yeah. hat stand or whatever you just said. Handsome fish. Handsome fish hat stand. All right. Sadly, we also have to talk about bad Luaxana moments, even bad. though we do love Literally her. Literally impossible. Luaxana. Look, look, if a character is only good, they're boring. A real character has nuance and subtlety, like Cisco, who's, you know, a great captain, but also a war criminal. Yes. I was showing Jake, actually, because, you know, as I've been re-listening to certain uh, podcast episodes, I've been kind of like going ahead just to jot down ideas for future character spotlights. Mm-hmm. And my... Cisco list so far is like 12 or so good ones and close to 30 bad ones. He's a bad man. He does a lot of fucked up shit. So I hey, listen, that'll he be a fun week. <laughs> Delete this personal log. Uh, but yeah, back to Luxana. Yes. Uh, so, Luxana. Give it to us. I mean, I'm glad that she was trying to help Alexander out, but she didn't need to take him to the naked jacuzzi party. <laughs> <laughs> That's... That's fucked up. It's a little weird. Uh, it's fucked up. Secondly, since I was kind of just kidding about that whole, you know, prearranged marriage thing, I kind of hate that she did that. And I'm sure she had the best, the best, like, Luoxana, yeah, right. Uh, whatever her name is. Troy's, like, best interest at heart, like, really. But it's still kind of a shitty thing to do to your, like, very adult daughter. Yeah, like, and she's such a has- momzilla about it, too. <laughs> Yeah, she it's, comes in, it's, I'm going to plan the wedding, too. It's like, Mom, Jesus. Well, that's actually just really how it is, I think, Ugh. with moms and weddings. It's my special day. No, Mom. <laughs> but, I mean, I assume I've heard. That's what they say in the movies, like, you know. No, I know a lot of people lie. whose marriages were like that. Yeah, because I, I feel like, you know, their mom did it to like them. That. Did, did, their mom did it to them, you know, and so on and so forth. So it's like a cycle. That never ends. Um, but anyway, uh, third thing, honestly, is just that she threw herself at uh, Picard all the fucking time. Mm. And to a lesser extent, Odo. But I think she and Odo had like a real connection. So it sort of. It takes away from some of the ick. But with Picard, like I, it just felt unnecessary. Felt like he wasn't interested and she was just pushing it. And like, you know, I don't know. 
I don't think it was her best moment. Oh, God, and she did Umox with that fucking Ferengi. Oh, gross, she did. Yep, well, that was on my list, too. Wasn't that, though, like, kind of extreme circumstances? You gotta kind of play along and... But then she slept with him, though. She didn't know it was Umox until... How he, did I forget died. that? Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, well, Caitlin cheated and had four. Ooh, cheater, um, cheater. So she she did she did get uh, she did get one of mine, which, which was one? the which Umox. One? Oh God, yeah. But yeah, so then in the other uh, the other ones I had though are uh, this might be controversial, but her negligent parenting, which led to the death of her child. Ooh, damn. Ooh. Yeah. That's a tough one. Wasn't keeping an eye on Kestra, and uh, Kestra dead now. Wow. Mm. Um, Jesus. Yeah, and then I'm going to say her her very obnoxious behavior at the dinner in Haven, where she was having Mr. Home hit a gong every time she ate and just, just that's just her culture though that's not obnoxious just, behavior it was fucking annoying uh, and she knows it and she was doing it to be annoying is that the yeah. dinner where uh tasha had that great haircut oh it is yeah, yeah. in haven she looked great and Waxana had the arm plant that kept yes, pestering the, that's the right. groom's mother yeah <laughs> all right have you got yet chris? You, haven't gone yet chris you gotta give her that i'm not um, give it to us I think this is also Haven, but don't quote me. There's uh, a lot of Haven. Haven, she's kind of a bitch. The the time she's like having psychic talk with Deanna when non-psychics are around and she's like, Ma, this mm. is rude. It's like, that is rude. Stop that. Uh, fuck, I had others. I believe you. Oh, uh, related to, to Dark Passage there. Um, I mean, look, I get it. I have never lost anyone that important to me like that. But she did not deal well with the death oh, of her yeah. daughter. She like, did that's... the blocking memory thing, like T'Pol did yeah. with that guy she killed. <laughs> Though that feels like that was just forced upon her by a bad government. I don't know, I thought she went to it, I thought. I think she went to them voluntarily. I mean, she went to them voluntarily, but I kind of wonder how voluntarily she, how much pressure was exerted upon her to get her to agree to the, like, wipe. I think listen, it's because it she it was handling didn't... it so bad, though. Yeah. It didn't look voluntary. Yeah, it did not. Anyway, uh, but yeah, that, that could have been handled better. Again, I, I mean, I have no fucking frame of reference, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, the like constant pursuit of Picard. Like, if the genders were reversed, it would be gross, not funny. Oh my god, wicked gross. Yeah. Yeah, true, true. It's pretty gross. It's one of those things that, again, though, it's like, it's one of those things that you can play for laughs one way, but the other way, it's like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> hmm. Well, especially because, like, we still live in a world, especially, like, when TNG was coming around, I think, that thought the idea of, like, horny women was hilarious, which it wouldn't surprise me if that was as much a part of the Golden Girls' success as the fact that the writing was fantastic and they were way ahead of their time on some themes. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> old ladies fucking. <laughs> it's funny, because they're old. Yeah, yeah you know, I don't know. There's a weird shadowy figure in the door in the glass door behind Caitlin. Freaking me out. What the fuck? Dude, what the fuck is right? It's a coat. Oh, I don't God. see a shadowy Why figure. Why did you have to do that to me? That's scary as fuck. It's Cyrus Ramsey. Oh no. I have a couple oh. more Luxana moments to bring up. Uh, I have, good God, making everyone horny in fascination because fuck that, and I hated well, it so much. Well, she wasn't her fault, though, though, was it? Right? Uh, she should have, she should have known. Fair enough. 
If you have Xanthi fever and you're a Betazoid, you fucking quarantine yourself. Oh, is that, was that, I couldn't quite remember the cause. Yeah, she probably should have then. Yeah, yeah, that was gross. Here's a, here's a very funny one that I like because it's so stupid. Having no fucking clue she was in a holodeck in Manhunt and then I considered banging that. that bartender. <laughs> I thought about that one. It's like, oh, why, are there, why is there randomly a street in the middle of your ship? Luxon, do you have any idea where you fucking are right now? Well, it's like, Luxon, do you know what a holodeck is? She's like an important ambassador. She should be up to date on everything. Uh, and all of my last ones are weird relationship things. Which one am I going to pick? Let's go with, oh God, in Manhunt, when she tries, she just suddenly declares herself engaged to Riker with no consent from him. Oh God. Just because she was so fucking horny and... Also, to piss Deanna off a little bit, unclear. It just seemed, it seemed like a shit move on her part, and I don't like it. I don't even remember that, but yeah, that sounds shitty. Yeah, she comes in, she says, oh, everybody, I'm engaged. And everyone's like, yeah, to who? To Riker. And he says, this is fucking news to me, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. You said this was no strings attached. I mean, what? Ah. Oh, yeah, dude, Riker totally fucking would. I don't like, see, I don't know if Riker would, because, you know, it's it's Imzadi's mom. I think he'd keep it in his pants. Now his dad might. (laughs) Oh, yeah, well, his dad definitely would. I didn't say which Riker. It's kind of hot. Uh, Hey, say that's your ex's uh, mother, huh? Excuse me, son. Dad, no. (laughs) Thereby ruining any chance of him and his Imzadi ever getting back together. A better plot for Star Trek Generations. (laughs) I'd watch it. Oh my god, and if they had somehow gotten Diana Mulder back, and it's like this big crazy love triangle. <gasps> that would have been great, but Yay. only if it ended in a three-way. Neat. I don't want <laughs> Riker's dad to be happy. He's a jerk. I He's want a jerk Kate Mulder and Luwaxana Troy to be happy. That's fair, they could both do better. <laughs> I mean, prob- probably, yeah. Top men. <laughs> Oh, wow, that, that well. is a that is a criticism. I haven't heard that in a long time, but that is some shit that he used to say a lot. Still does. We have had fun. This I, I think we had fun tearing into these terrible episodes and talking about sure. our favorite Trek parent. So what's up next week, though? Well, next week we're looking at the catwalk and Dawn cuts through Greece gentle on hands. <laughs> And we're strong enough to strong enough to save uh, uh, marine animals affected by oil spills. Yeah. Yeah. Little duckies. And then uh, our character next week, we're continuing our major supporting characters trend with Guinan. Who? Oh, yeah. Guinan. Oh, Guinan. With her big hats. Yes, big that's hats. going to be the, the number one. Big hats. <laughs> big hats. So join us for that. To be kept informed of that, follow us on your favorite podcasting application and the Facebook, and the Tumblr, which you can access easily through sshbpodcast.com. Or just click below. Or just click below. Until then, this has been Chris. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. And this is Cyrus Ramsey. 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 Oh, good. He's rematerialized. Return the slab. Shall we do this stupid thing? Let's dive the fuck in. Hello, Barnabas.
Ten. Are you <laughs> drunk enough to oh, sleep with me yet? Answer this the question. This doesn't uh, deserve just, a bit. Yeah, it does. Just do like do like the worst porn acting you've ever heard in your life to no, deliver don't. everything. No, don't. Because Queenie was just I have never seen anything like it. But I don't right. have any money to pay for this pizza. <laughs> I do, I do have some money, but I left it in the kitchen. Why don't you come in here and get comfortable while I go get it? Let's oh, no, the Way better acting my, than my, what was in the show. The oh, yeah, pizza's on my tits. I've seen better acting than <laughs> Oh, no, your dick is in that pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you wanted extra Italian sausage. <laughs> so, uh, hilariously, that is the basis of an entire website of porn. I think we've discussed it before. Oh, uh, well, can you ever really talk about BigSausagePizza.com enough? That's a real thing? Yes. God. 